0: You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you're indeed Locked On Magic. Today is May 21st, 2018. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at underscore omd another blowout in the NBA playoffs, it's every game, it seems, and these conference finals have been a blowout with the Golden State Warriors cruising on to a 2-1 series lead. You can, of course, get the complete recap of that game over on Locked On Warriors as well as Locked On Rockets. Get ready for the Celtics and the Cavaliers game four after the Cavaliers got by Boston and a blowout win in game three on Saturday. You can check that out on Locked On Cavs and Locked On Celtics just like you can check out a great daily podcast on every NBA team Over on the Locked On Podcast Network. Just check that out on iTunes. Just search for Locked On and your favorite team. Some teams are still playing, so obviously you got to go figure that out and watch them. But we are getting set for the NBA draft, and today's episode is going to be focusing in on one of the big debates among Magic fans as we begin this draft process. I I am going to let everyone know that after Memorial Day, we will be doing more formal, more in depth reviews of each candidate, of each potential prospect. That could be joining the Magic very, very soon. Uh, So you'll get plenty of uh, stuff going on with the draft prospects. We're going to talk plenty of draft over the next month. We are actually one month away from the NBA draft, so about 30, 31 days. It's May 21st. The draft is June 21st. I don't know what the math is, but we are one month away from the NBA draft. So even though it feels like it's a long way away, that there's a lot of work still to do, the Magic are going to have prospects in town. No, you're probably not going to hear about them. We as we're seeing with this coaching search, the magic like to do things in secret. We're not gonna we're not gonna know anything until someone leaks it and, and it's not going to be leaked probably from the magic's end. Um, but we'll see exactly which direction the magic go uh, as, as we get a better sense or better idea of who they're looking at and what they want to do. So lots to get to over the next month and of course we'll have it here on locked on Magic. Like I said, though, uh, we are going to focus on the draft today. Friday was the final day of the NBA Draft Combine. The Magic had pretty much their entire uh, scouting staff up there, or at least there's the staff that works on the draft up there, to conduct interviews with players, to watch the drills, to, to get some information, talk to agents, talk to other teams. Yeah, that, that happens still. Uh, and of course, watch some scrimmages of players that are likely to go late first or early second or into the second round. So a lot of information gathered. We, we did learn about, uh, the informa- about who some of the players the Magic talked to. We did get some of that leaked out or at least revealed to us by the players themselves at the very least. And indeed, the Magic did get something big accomplished. We talked Friday about how the Magic didn't get a chance to talk to Michael Porter Jr., a player that at least some Magic fans think uh, the Magic should look at. Uh, I, I have kind of been... I've kind of been personally lukewarm on Michael Porter Jr. because of the back injury, because of the positional fit, but I will not deny how talented he is, and if he is healthy, the Magic do have a big question. We'll we'll talk a little bit more about that question a little bit further on down the road as we, we begin to set some of the narratives for this draft, uh, for this draft uh, uh, time period. But the Magic did interview two players that the, that they could at could very realistically take with the sixth pick. Uh, at least two player, two players that we know of. That would be Oklahoma Sooners guard Trey Young and Alabama Crimson Tide guard Colin Sexton. We'll talk a little bit more about them in depth in just a moment. But obviously, these are two humongous names, two guys that the Magic would be foolish not to consider with the sixth pick because of their needed point guard and because they're just very talented guys. Uh, Trey Young, obviously, someone who really took the nation by storm with his with his scoring prowess and and his. And just the, just the raw numbers that he put up uh, in in the college game in, in, at Oklahoma. Um, the, the Ma- I mean no team has really seen anything like what Trey Young did. Uh, and so it, certainly, certainly, he's a guy that, that every team has to consider at this point of the draft process if, if they're drafting where the magic are drafting. Um, again, just the, the raw scoring numbers are just so, so impressive. From Trey Young. Uh, let me pull them up here real fast. Uh, They're somewhere in here. Uh, Trey Young averaging 27.4 points per game, shooting 36% from the floor, adding a, a nation leading 8.7 assists per game. Yes, he had the turnover problems, some of that perhaps because his usage was a ridiculous 37%, uh, and also because he faced a lot of double and triple teams as, as really the main focal point of that Oklahoma offense. And Young can shoot from anywhere, seemingly past half court. He he's really the first player that reminds everyone of Stephen Curry. Uh, uh, and I think that's a big point that that deserves to be drawn out a little bit more. That in this in this age, he looks like that player. He looks he looks very much like Curry did, uh, at least or how Curry looks now in in a lot of ways. Um, definitely some concerns, but. This is a guy that has a lot of star power, supposedly shoe companies are fighting over him right now, um, and and obviously a pick that, that you have to consider at 6. Most people would consider Colin Sexton a little bit more of a reach, but just as just as impressive as a point guard, I think, uh, at least as a scoring point guard. Passing numbers need to go up, He average only about 3 or 4 assists per game, but really strong score, great end-to-end players, able to get down the floor get to the basket. I would describe him as a slower John Wall maybe. is I think that's probably the best comparison I can think of for him. Uh, doesn't have the blazing speed that Wall has, but is smart, at, is quick getting from one end to the floor to the other, is good at getting in the basket, is good at getting the foul line, uh, is good at just kind of being a, a battering ram almost, uh, that like he was at Alabama. He had some big scoring games, stepped up in some big moments, the, the three-on-five game against the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Uh, one of the defining game, certainly a defining game for him, and I think it's easy to get swept up in, in one single game, but to nearly lead a team with just two teammates on the floor, to nearly lead them to a win against a quality opponent like Minnesota. Minnesota did not have the season that everyone thought they would at that early stage in the season in November they were a pretty good team. They were, they were considered a, a potential dark horse in the Big Ten. Um, but to do that, to, to nearly win that game with, with everything that they had to face, uh, definitely, uh, I think that's definitely a strong sign in Colin Sexton's favor. But you start learning these things you, in the interview process. That You start learning and figuring out uh, who, these, who these guys are as people. I think that's really the big thing. Um, figuring out who they are as people, and you're not going to do that in a 30-minute interview at the combine. That's just the getting to know you. That's just the handshake, like "nice to meet you." We're the Magic. You're Trey Young. You're Colin Sexton. Uh, let's learn a little bit about you so we can begin, you know, begin that process. And, and especially when we get you, when I assume the Magic will have both in for a workout, at least an individual workout at some point. Um, it, it, it's 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 good that the Magic got this introduction out of the way. They didn't get it with Michael Porter Jr. I, I think they got an interview with Muhammad Bamba. It wasn't really confirmed, but Bamba seemed to talk highly of the Magic and 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 what Weltman and Hammond like, and then seems to think that he'd be a good fit. Um, but obviously Orlando's sitting at six. They're going to have some choices. Uh, you know, Wendell Carter Jr. will be there. Muhammad Bamba will be there. Certainly Trey Young and Colin Sexton will be there too. And I think that debate, the Young and Sexton debate. Is really one that's, that's, that's gonna fill a lot of space and, and fill a lot of narratives and fill a lot of con- conversations and discussions over the next month. And so I think it's one that will set the table a little bit here on the show. There is no getting around it. The Magic need a point guard right now. DJ Augustine and Shelvin Mack were good last year. I, I think we can, I think, even though the Magic season as a whole was terrible, I think we can all fairly qualify that DJ Augustin and Shelvin Mack played well last year. DJ Augustin had a nice bounce back year from, from a poor first year with Orlando. Played really, really well. Uh, and, and honestly, I named him the fourth the fourth quarter MVP for the Magic. The MVP of the fourth quarter of the season. Uh, it, it was not a decision. I mean, it was a tough decision because there weren't a lot of great candidates. And so I valued Augustin's consistency. And he, he did play really, really well. But no one here is confusing Augustin with a number one option, or with a long-term solution at point guard. His defense is still not great. Uh, He's never been consistent. As as a player, he'll have one one good year, then a bad year, then a good year, then a bad year. That's not sustainable for anyone. The Magic certainly don't want that to be kind of their identity or to be what they get from the position. Orlando needs more. Orlando needs consistency. Orlando needs someone that they can build around and build with. And unfortunately, that's not really going to come from DJ Augustine. God love him. I hope that—I would like to see him coming off the bench again next year. I think that's really the preferred, perfect role for him, uh, and and he plays it well. Uh, So naturally, I think, a lot of fans have looked to this draft. They looked to last year's draft, too, but, you know, Alfred Payton, yada, 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 yada. I think a lot of Magic fans have looked to this draft to say— This is the draft we get our point guard. And there's one sitting there at six that checks a lot of boxes for what this team needs, both kind of on the court and off the court in a lot of ways. I would say hold your horses, don't go so fast. This is really a team that needs a lot of things. They're not going to fix all their problems in one summer. I would still argue, and we'll have this debate, I'm sure, and I'm sure I'll have this discussion. They need to pick the best player available. But if point guard is your focus, there is a very interesting debate to be had between Trey Young and Colin Sexton, like I said, I described them both a little bit earlier in the show. Trey Young obviously has a lot of the attention. He has a lot of the uh a lot of the notoriety that comes with being a gifted scorer. Let's be real. Scoring still sells in the NBA. You don't get Stephen Curry comparisons if they're not at least a little bit true. And with Trey Young, they are certainly a little bit true. He led the nation in scoring with 27.4 points per game, 8.8 assists per game, took 10.3 three-point attempts per game, shot 36% from beyond the arc, had an unbelievably high 37.1% usage rate. Let me, let me put that into a little bit of perspective for you. Russell Westbrook, when he averaged a triple-double, largely considered kind of a, a ball hogish season despite the triple-double numbers, Russell Westbrook's Usage rate, I think, was 32 or 33 that year. uh, NBA leading, by the way. Trey Young had the ball in his hands a lot. He got his team to the NCAA tournament with that usage rate so incredibly high. And he was effective, demanding double and triple teams just to get the ball out of his hands and force mistakes. And Young is young. He is a freshman. He made those mistakes, led led the nation in turnovers as well. But there's no denying the ability that Young had to warp a defense. When I watch Steph Curry play, Steph Curry is less to me about his three-point shooting than the threat of his three-point shooting. And not just the threat of his three-point shooting, the threat of him to score at any point, to just pull up and shoot and beat you with that shot. That's something very few players can do and do effectively. And that's to me what Trey Young was most effective with at the college level, because he really could get into the lane and force the defense to just kind of warp the, into the shape that he wanted. And so now it's just about learning how to create that space, making good passes out of that out of those double double teams that you'll inevitably get, and learning when to pick your spot as a shooter as part of a team. Because you'll have better teammates in the NBA than he did in college. That doesn't mean he's going to come in and average twenty-seven points per game. But Young has that ability to just catch fire and go off. To cross half court and just pull up because he feels like it and make it. Magic haven't had a player like that in a very, very long time. I'll tell you that much. In fact, I would argue the Magic haven't had a player like that since Tracy McGrady. Young is not Tracy McGrady. Let's make that clear. Not even close. Certainly doesn't have the height. But Young does, I think, have that ability to change an offense. And Orlando's offense has struggled. Orlando's offense with the backcourt especially has struggled. In fact, an interesting stat that's been going around lately, Orlando hasn't had a guard average more than 20 points per game since Steve Francis in 2004, I believe. 2004 2005. In fact, the Magic have had only two guards average more than 20 points per game in a season. That would be Steve Francis and Anthony Hardaway, Penny Hardaway. Orlando has lacked, always essentially, lacked a scoring punch from the point guard position. And as we're watching the NBA now, as we're learning lessons about what works in the NBA now, we are seeing just how important it is to have a guard who can keep his dribble alive, who can score to loosen up a defense, and can get into the paint and dish out. And if there's one thing that I think Young does does better than Curry did, at least, coming out of college, it is his passing. I don't think we talk I, I've said this several times I don't think we talk enough about Curry's about Young's passing because he is an extremely gifted passer and I think that's really what separates him now there is a debate to be had about Young and Sexton I, I think and I will agree with most of you that Young is better than Sexton and if, if, if I were given a directive by whoever and I'm not saying that someone has but if I were taking a point guard at six and I had to take a point guard at six, I would take Young over Sexton. So let's make that perfectly clear. But Young certainly does have a shortcoming. So turnovers are a concern. What happens when you bring that usage down? Can he work within a team concept? I think he can. He seems like a really good kid. And then I think as important is what will he give you defensively? Can he make improvements defensively? And that is a huge question because he is small and he's not a good defender, and he'll need good defenders around him. And so the question then becomes, can his offense outweigh his defense, which is something that happened with Stephen Curry. Curry has improved his defense over the years, but his offense always made his defensive shortcomings okay because his offense was otherworldly. It was game-changing. And that's a lot of pressure to put on Young. So you either believe in that or you don't. And I think a lot of Magic fans kind of say, well— Certainly, Young puts up the numbers; would get people excited. I think people would come to see Young. I think we would. I think if, if the Magic drafted Trey Young tomorrow, Trey Young would have the most popular jersey on the Magic. I'm sorry, Aaron Gordon. I'm sorry, Jonathan Isaac. Trey Young jerseys would be everywhere. People love guards. People love players like him who play like him. And I don't think that should be overlooked entirely, because I think he'll produce. Question is, can he produce at a high enough level for a team, and, and that's that's a whole another question that we can get into. Colin Sexton, on the other hand, seems like he's the exact opposite of Trey Young. Where Trey Young sometimes struggles to finish at the rim over over athletic bigs, over over bigger players, and that's certainly a concern with him as well. Where he struggled with turnovers, where he was just this dynamic, where he's just this dynamic shooter. Colin Sexton is more of the traditional point guard. And a narrative that's been coming around with Magic fans and, and one that is both I think fair but also very unfair. Colin Sexton plays more like Alfred Payton did. Guy who could get to the basket, get get into the lane, finish over over bigger defenders, finish over uh, finish with over contact, but someone who's not a particularly good shooter, someone who's not going to line up and shoot the ball uh, at at a really high rate. That's not his game. Like I said, I view Sexton as a slower John Wall, which, again, who isn't slower than John Wall? But he plays much that same style, and and Wall's not a great shooter either. He's developed into an improved three-point shooter, and he still seems to make it work. Sexton is not a bad defender. I, I would characterize him as having really good defensive potential. He's got to improve his passing. He's nowhere near the passer that Alfred Payton was even in college. But... The offensive concerns to me aren't as deep. I look at Saxton and I see a guy who, yes, needs to continue improving as a three point shooter. A guy who, you know, made only 33.6% for beyond the arc. He's got to improve that part of his game because that is so important to the team. Where, you know, Young warps defenses with a shooting, that will be valuable even if it takes Young some time to kind of get up to NBA speed. Sexton is just gonna go. He's just gonna go, 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 go. But I think that Sexton has room for improvement. And I and and we'll talk. Maybe we'll talk more about this when I when I do something on Sexton and Payton. Payton shot just sixty point nine percent from the foul line his final year in college. That's not very good. Payton was never a good three point shooter. We saw teams foul Payton intentionally in the NBA. Sexton. Shot 77.8% from the foul line. One of the big indicators of the potential for shooting improvement is free throw shooting. 77.8% is good. It's not great. But it does suggest that Sexton can continue to improve his three-point shot. And I think it is important to note in the SEC and NCAA tournament, so three games, three or four games actually, Sexton averaged 24.2 points per game and shot 47.8% from beyond the arc. So this kid can get hot from beyond the arc. Now, obviously, that's the college line, not the NBA line. But I think Sexton has a a, a knack for scoring, too, in a different way than Young, obviously. Young is more kind of modern, Steph Curry-style point guards, and, and Young would actually say Steve Nash is his favorite player and the guy that he wants to model himself after, and there's a little bit of that in there. But... Sexton is more. Sexton can also get score just by kind of assaulting the rim, and if he can pick up some passing, if he can gain some of that passing identity, that passing knack, that bodes well for his future too. Now, like I said, I would take Young over Sexton every day. I, 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 I think what what makes Sexton interesting more than anything else is his competitiveness. That three-on-five game shouldn't outweigh everything but it weighs very heavily I would say. It's a sign of his competitiveness of a desire not to lose and we saw him pick that up in the NCAA tournament in the SEC tournament. He rose to the challenge and put in his best games of the year. He went from a guy that was in the conversation to be a top five pick to out with with a swoon in January with a dip in January and then back into some of these late you know, late single-digit conversations. You know, at six-two that we're having now before the draft. But I still think Young is the better point guard. If the Magic do want to go point guard in this draft, Trey Young is the direction I would go. The size concerns me. The turnovers concern me. The finishing at the rim concern me. But I think he can pick up on a lot of things. And I think a his passing and is shooting are potential game changers for this team. They can they can really help turn things around and really help build up the way that 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 a way build up an offense. Give you a true scoring threat from the perimeter, something this magic team has missed for so long. And yes, create more space for Evan Fournier, for Aaron Gordon, for Jonathan Isaac if he develops a three-point shot. I'm not saying Trey Young is the pick today. I, I, I'm going to reserve that right to, to, to make that prediction for a little while. But among these point guards, I do like Trey Young a lot. I think I think he can do a lot of really good things. and so that's the direction that I, I would look to for now. I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. You can, of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked LockedOnMagic. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. Um, you can, of course, uh, follow me on Twitter at philiprr-omd. Don't forget to check out the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. We are, of course, in the conference finals, so check out Locked On Warriors. Locked On Rockets, Locked On Cavs, and Locked On Celtics, all four do a great job covering their teams. If you're looking to get in-depth on the conference finals, that is the place to go. You can find them on iTunes. And of course, check out Locked On NBA for a more general national approach to the games. Monday, Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball hosts does a great job breaking things down from the fantasy perspective, but of course, lots going on as well. The Daily Fantasy going on right now, but lots going on too, uh, and, uh, and, and plenty to get excited about there. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, of course, check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com and follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. We're still waiting on a coach, but coming up on OrlandoMagicDaily.com today, I'll have a little story on Trey Young, like we talked about today, and who he thinks he should he should be compared to and who he models his game after. I think I said who during the podcast. There'll be a quiz afterward. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. This has been Philip Rossenreich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.